Good evening. Hope you are well. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be in your company. My esteemed colleague Nick Pete is with me. How are you, my boy? Very good, sir. Very good. Every single Tuesday night on Radio City Talk, we get stuck into uh, the world of boxing, talking about everything that is happening um, with our Merseyside fighters. Um, having said that, though, the big talking point, I suppose, uh, over the last uh, week or so has been everything that happened in New York City, which kind of affects... A Merseyside fighter, one of our own, Callum Smith, who's the WBC mandatory challenger to the super middleweight division, mm-hmm. uh, was in attendance at the weekend, my man, uh, for James DeGale, Badu Jack. Before we get Callum on the show, getting his thoughts on that particular fight, because it's always good to get someone who was ringside to give us their uh, thought process. We watched it, sat in our underpants, eating Cheerios <laughs> on uh, on a Sunday morning. Did you stick to that? Did you did you watch it Sunday morning? Did you stay up Saturday night to watch it? No, honestly, I did. I waited till uh, I waited till Sunday morning, and uh, as predicted, the undercard, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Uh, performance blew me away but I was quite happy that I waited there to see James the Gale on Sunday morning it was a good fight though it was a good fight but he's frustrating isn't he very frustrating frustrates me the Gale very frustrating you, we, you, we, me and you have spoken about this on the on our Fight Disciples podcast on many many times he's a geezer that I think once he gets into the early stages of a fight he finds it a little bit easy and then decides to take his uh, foot off the gas yeah. but then gives the fight away in effect and that's exactly what happened on, on Saturday night in New York, let's be honest with you. Mm. You know, he started so brightly to put Badu Jack down in the first round. What an, a dream start of an undisputed world title fight that is. But he just took his foot off the gas in the middle rounds and he allowed to... Yeah, OK, you know, I wasn't worried the fact that Badu Jack took the centre of the ring. That's the what he does. James DeGale's all about counter-punching, all about his footwork, that slick southpaw style anyway. So I wasn't worried the way the pattern of the fight went early on. It's just concerning that James just goes into his shell in so many rounds. There was one round in the middle there where he literally did nothing for mm. an entire round. And you think, you, make it worse. He, he stands there and, and, and covers up and, uh, you know, let Jack unload on him. And, and some of the shots were getting through and nothing's coming back. So you think, well, you've literally just handed that round to the judges. There's no qualms there that Barry Jack won that round. Whereas even the rounds that DeGale was winning, certainly early on, Barry Jack was still having a go. You know, there was still a bit of a debate there. There was a lot of close rounds, let's be honest. But down a stretch, I don't know what it is with James DeGale. He said prior as well going in, my corner team are under strict instruction, do not let me go asleep. They're going to be all over me. It ain't going to happen. Well, James, it did happen. Mm. Well, let's speak to our man. Our man who is the WBC uh, mandatory challenger. He was over there. He was ringside. Callum, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. How, uh, how's the jet lag? Are you sound? Are you cool? Is it, has it bothered you? Uh, yeah, not bad. I don't think I was there long enough to fully adjust, so not too bad. A little weekend break, mate. How did you uh, find watching the Liverpool Man United game with Joe Gallagher, mate? I know he's a big <laughs> Man United fan. That must have been a bit of a nightmare for you, boy. Yeah, it was all right to leave the lad, to be honest with you. Know, <laughs> turned into a ten-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. Listen, when you when you agree to go out to watch, obviously, uh, two lads fighting, when you know that you're going to be taking on the winner of that particular bout, um, what you what you what are you looking for when you go out there? What are you looking to achieve from your trip? Just see them both. I watched them both in Washington up close, and it's just just again just watch them closer. I think you see a lot more rather than sitting watching on the telly and just be around, just the American press and stuff, and just get myself out there. Really, but maybe just to watch them up close, and I do wanted to see them both box live and stuff. Obviously, we've seen the game, but more to see the Jack up close as well. Mm. So I just think it was a beneficial trip to be fair. 
what did you make of it? I mean, Nick's just been saying there, mate, that obviously James starts well, gives stuff away quite easily, and then a, a plays into the hands of Badu Jack. Did you see that? Pretty similar? Yeah, it was a typical Gadea performance of lately. I know he's done the same as last few fights. Starts pretty quick, looks well, and then just goes missing in the middle part of the fight, and then you know, finishes quite strong. And he said he weren't going to do that, but it turned out to be exactly that. I thought mm. Jack pressed the fight well, just stayed patient and just kept chipping away and I think it you know, had an effect in the end of the fight. I think I scored at level but you know, I did when the bell went I think a lot of the community in the call Jack had done enough. You've been waiting a bit. Is it even more frustrating now that you've got to wait a little? I know that the, yesterday we found out, obviously, that the WBC have issued uh, the mandatory situation. Badu Jack has to, obviously, sort out uh, his, his situation. But the noises after that fight, mate, is that he's going to be stepping up in weight. Does it, is it more frustrating for you now, not knowing whether it's him or Anthony Durrell or whoever is, is coming next? Uh, not really, because I, I know now my next fight for the WBC world title, no matter what. Mm. I can't do it. I had a feeling Jack was going to be up beforehand. You know, when I was over there, fight week, he was saying in a few interviews, it was his last fight at 168. And then I think in his interview after it, he had him and, you know, under no reasons, he was going up to 175. So I've always said it wasn't the opponent I was calling out, James Aguero, but you Jack, it was the, the world title that I wanted. And no, yeah. I still stand by that. I, I want the world title. And no, regardless of who's in the opposite corner, it doesn't fail me. I think the big fights with, you know, the like you like the girl and that. They'll come eventually as long as I win the world title. Is, it, is your focus then, Callum, still on the WBC belt no, rather than both? You know, would you not be disappointed if it wasn't the Gale and both belts weren't on the line? Yeah, obviously that was a, you know, a better situation. You no, know, kill two birds at one stone, mm-hmm. two belts and you know, Ring magazine. But you know, the way it panned out to win the WBC, then you know, it's a, it's the Gale fights the later as a unification, and you know, I've got more, bring them more to the table as well. So if anything, it could work out better in the long run. I just have to wait a bit longer for you know, the, the big domestic fight, but I'm only 26, I've got a lot of time, and well, the main focus and the main goal is just to, to become world champion, which you know, I feel I can achieve in the next fight. Did you get a chance to speak to Eddie as well in terms of a destination? Obviously, from a, a Merseyside fight fan <laughs> perspective, yeah. that would be incredible to see a fight, whether it was the Gale or Durrell or whoever, you know, yeah. bring on anyone. You know, What's the chances of it being in Liverpool, Callum? I'm not too sure, hopefully not there's a good chance, but I haven't really sat down properly. I'll speak this week with John with Eddie and you know, I'm sure they'll do all they can to get whoever it is over here. But I've said in the past I wouldn't mind travelling, but obviously you no know, Liverpool is the main priority and if I win a world title in my own city then I'd be, you know, be more than pleased. So it's like bosses now, isn't it? You know what I mean? Obviously your brother <laughs> your brother became world champion, Tony's world champion, you now my man, I'd say the city is buzzing. Twenty three years we had to wait now, and now we're absolutely flying. Yeah, it's been wild. I mean, I think everyone must think it's easy to fight for the world fight. I don't think people are literally fighting for that many, but you know, it's hard and you know, we're doing quite well with them in as a city and as you know, a country as a whole. I think we've got the most world champions we've ever had, so hopefully it can con- continue this year and you know, we won't lose as many and we can have a few more. Listen, I've, uh, I've, I don't know if you know this, Callum, but I've got a bit of a bet on at this moment in time. I have a bit of a crack with Nick yeah. about this on a weekly basis. Yeah. That all um, all four Smith brothers at some point this year will be fighting for a world title. Come on, man, this is happening, yeah? Yeah, fingers crossed. It's, it's achievable. Hopefully, if no, a bit of luck things go our way and we all keep winning, it's definitely achievable and you know, it'll be some achievement if we can do it. But you know, one step at a time, hopefully, you know, I can get mine off the way and then hopefully the others can do theirs. What's your gut instinct? Is your gut instinct that it will be Anthony Durrell? Yeah, I think so. I think, you no, know, I sort of accepted. I think Jack's going to move up, and yeah. if it goes to the rankings, then as of today, you no, know, Anthony Anti Dell is number two. So I think 
Oh, he'll be shouting for his opportunities as well. So I think the minute Jack vacates, then it'll go not to pay a bit for me and Anthony Trell, which you know, was a tough fight. He's a good fighter. He's only got the former one champion. Loss. Former champion, isn't yeah, he? This particular champion. belt, yeah. He got the one loss to the Jack, and you no, know, it was a close fight. And at the time, it was an upset. So mm. you know, he'll be looking to you know, put things right and get his title back. So I oh, was still a tough fight by no means, but again, one that oh, I'm capable of winning. What, what's your relationship like, Callum, with the Gale as well? Just talking about the other guy who's, who's in the frame. Obviously, he was good mates with Stephen during yeah. their amateur days, but then he he fought Paul. And I know you, I know the family had a relationship with him at one point. You know, yeah. do you get on with him? Do you not get yeah, on with him? Yeah, I get him, on or? with him every time. I see him. You know, he's speaking. I do get on with him. I think you know, I've always spoke well. He's always spoke well to me. It's just mm. one of them things. He's got what I want. He's we're a champion. I'm not. And you know, if I have to fight him to get one, then oh, so be it. But. No, we don't get. We do get on outside the ring, and we're not going to sit and slag him. But you know, it's boxing, and, you know, we're both in the same weight division. It's the same. You know, Rocky Field, I was amateur gym mates with him, and yeah. you know, we both after the same thing. So it happens. Yeah. I've, I've talked about it on the show as well, Callum, and it's a, to talking about what what I keep pushing for, and I keep proclaiming you as a not just a world champion, but a two weight world champion. <laughs> that's yeah. his bet. That's his one. He's going for two weight. That's, that's yeah. my one. <laughs> just, just you know, obviously long term. I know you've got a lot of business to take care of at one six eight first. You want to wrap up these belts for sure. But do you do you envisage the same thing? Do you envisage finishing your career as a as a light heavy? Probably. Yeah, I know. I think that me height and um, I'm 26 and I've still got bit of a Jordan to do I think when I'm 28 I think I will move up mm. and you know I think you have a lot of you know, short term goals you have no big goals and you know, I'd love to become a 2 weight world champion but you know I can't sit and say I want to be a 2 weight champion and then I could finish my career out when I'm one I've got to win one of super middle phase but you know, I do think I'll stay at super middle long enough to win a world title and then other plan is I think I will move up eventually but no I'm comfortable at the weight at the minute I think people think I'm lying when I say it but I do quite comfortable mm. and I think I've still got a good couple of years left. I should be middle before I make the jump up. What's it like being surrounded by the Floyd Mayweather Circus over a weekend, mate? He's a very attractive. I think he's always trying to take the centre of attention. But no, it's good to be around him. He's a great fighter, and no, it's good to be in the company. I had a bit of a conversation with him sitting ringside as well. So no, it was good to be over there. Good to be around yeah. everyone. There's a lot of ex-fighters there, and no, the, the, the American show was definitely are different to the, the Britain mm. ones. Do you find it a bit? Bizarre. I mean, obviously, you, you're you a Liverpool lad, you know what I mean? I know that you're a very humble lad as well, but when you go over there, do you find it quite weird that these big American journals, big American fighters, they know exactly who you are, they know exactly that you're the next man in line, and they're, and they're treating you like a superstar? Yeah, it is, to be honest with you. I've done like a media day in the American press over there, and obviously American people ask me for interviews and stuff, and it is a bit, bit strange, to be honest with you, but hopefully they'll know a bit more about me in a few months we've become world champion absolutely man I've just, we just had a tweet to the show um, someone saying uh, congratulations obviously Callum on everything that you've achieved so far the the, the, the knockout of Luke Blackledge was one of the most devastating that they've ever seen uh, live <laughs> ringside so somebody obviously a massive fan uh, of you there thank mate. you <laughs> uh, super Cal listen thank you so much for your time this evening mate. Uh, we, pleasure, we, mate. We, we, we wait with bated breath for the date yep. and hopefully yeah. it's Liverpool my man. listen we wait for yeah, the summer and the new that's what we want yeah, <laughs> it's coming thank you thanks a lot top man Callum have yeah, a good evening mate take care pal to that. Superb, Callum Smith, WC, uh, WBC, uh, mandatory challenger to maybe Badu Jack, maybe Anthony Durrell. We don't know, but it's happening yeah. at some point. And as you said there, Nick, Liverpool would be a wonderful destination for that, wouldn't it? Yes. I know that there's a lot of fans that would love to travel and maybe go to New York or go to Vegas or something like that to go and watch yeah. Callum pick up a belt. 
But to do it here, maybe the Echo, maybe even Anfield. Who knows, mate? You know what I mean? In the summer, something like that would be absolutely sensational. Exactly. You know, we tasted it last year with Tony Bell. You were good at us and it was magnificent. So to repeat that again is, uh, regardless of where the venue is, to be honest with you, it's, it's so exciting. And Badu Jack, man, if he moves up to light heavyweight, listen, Badu, you can run, but you can't hide. Our boy's coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> two weight, two weight, he's coming. Uh, I don't know if uh, any people that listen to our show on a regular basis uh, do keep up to date with people's social medias uh, but it, it did look quite amusing actually um, there was uh, Callum obviously was over there with Joe Gallagher obviously one's a Liverpool fan one's a Man United fan Adam Smith of uh, Sky Sports head of Sky Sports Boxing he's a big Liverpool fan huge Liverpool fan and they were all sat in Carragher's bar very bizarre setting they were all sat in Carragher's bar in New York watching the game at the weekend and obviously there was a lot of singing and dancing and a lot of uh, the Liverpool fans were enjoying themselves for the majority of that game but when obviously what's his mush that Swedish fella puts the ball in the back of the net it all went mysteriously quiet my friend I'm sure it was the same at your house as well I'm surprised Joe Gallagher never got filled yeah I'm sure he didn't get out of there alive he's lucky Callum was there to protect him you know (laughs) Um, we've got plenty to talk about um, on the show between now and half past seven this is a regular thing by the way for Tuesday nights on Radio City Talk so thank you very much for your company Uh, we're going to be speaking to the man that you have tipped for the 2017 prospect of the year you think he's going to have a great year the boy from Kirby super lightweight Robbie Davis Jr is going to be on the show later on um, he's in action this weekend uh, on ITV. You can watch him on terrestrial telly. That'll be sensational. However, coming next, I think we will point our attention uh, towards the undercard, as oh, you... We, uh, we've got to. <laughs> as you alluded to. Uh, the, the Gale and Badu Jack fight was what it was. I don't think we can argue too much uh, with the, the outcome of that particular fight. Um, we might argue a point here or a point there or whatever it may be. Uh, for our full thoughts, make sure you check out our podcast. But the undercard, I think there is... Absolutely no argument whatsoever. Yeah. A superstar on that undercard uh, was born, and we are going to be talking about Javonta Davis next on Radio City Talk. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Good evening, hope you're well. This is new for you Tuesday nights. Well, obviously, we started this last Tuesday um, between 6.30 and 7.30. Myself, Adam and Nick um, from the Fight Disciples podcast bring you everything uh, connected to Merseyside boxing. And let's be honest, the Merseyside boxing scene is absolutely booming at this moment in time. I think last week, Nick, when we when we started the show and we were talking about this in general, we were just going through fighters that are there or thereabouts at British level, there or thereabouts at European level, and those that are competing at a world level. And there's not a city like this anywhere else in the country. Not at all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you. Were, I didn't know you were asking me a question. I thought well, you were no, I was just statement. throwing it out there, mate. You're allowed to join in at any point, right? I, you know. I completely agree with you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We're absolutely flying, and uh, it's just success breeds success, Adam, isn't it? Well, you, you know? alluded to it last week. Obviously, the, yeah. the work that was put in. Um, at amateur mid- level yeah, ten amateur years ago, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what we're reaping the benefits of right now. You know, that's why we're in this golden age of Merseyside boxing right now. And believe me, you know, Liam Smith winning the world title, Tony Bell, you win the world title. Just the beginning. We're just scratching the surface. Mm. You know, the next three or four years c- could well should well prove the golden age of Merseyside boxing and to be able to say that with Liverpool's incredible rich history of boxing mm. it, it, you know is phenomenal it's, it's just a fantastic time to be a, a Fife fan from this city now if you just tuned in you've missed Callum Smith we've just been speaking to him about his WBC mandatory shot we don't know who it is yet but uh, it has been issued and hopefully we can get that done for Liverpool at some point uh, late spring early summer that would be absolutely sensational with missing him, don't worry, this show is available as a podcast at the end. We'll give you all the links so you can go back and have another listen. We've got Robbie Davis Jr. Uh, coming up um, after 7 o'clock. He's going to be on the show, so make sure you stick around for that. But right now, 
Let's talk about a division that affects Swifty, Callum's yeah. brother. Uh, because last year, obviously, Swifty had two cracks at becoming the super featherweight champion. Uh, he took on, obviously, Jose Pedraza, uh, and he took on Jason Souza. He came short on two occasions. Great effort, both times, mm. but came up short away from home. I still strongly believe that if he gets a shot at home, he's going to win. Um, but there's a new superstar now in that division who was born at the weekend, my friend. Last week on our podcast, we alluded to the fact that this is the kid that you should be looking out for on the uh, on the Jack DeGale undercard. Javonta Davis, he's a Mayweather fighter. He came to the party in style and he carried on his knockout rate, knocking out Jose Pedraza. Nobody knocks out Jose Pedraza. Sensational. Exactly. Well, we, as you say, we've seen Pedraza up close and all too personal last year when he, uh, when he beat Stephen. Um, and we know how good he is. You know, he's certainly one of the top guys in that super featherweight division. An incredible record, as you say, unbeaten going into the weekend. Uh, you know, fantastic stylist. Got got everything. Just one of those fighters that's got everything. But unfortunately, you run into the phenom that is Javonta Davis. Who, you know, listen, we've known about this kid for some time, which is why we were waxing lyrical about him on the podcast last week. We were telling everyone, massive step up for him, we get that, but this kid is something very special. And, you know, all being well, he will step up and step up in style. He looked absolutely phenomenal. Nobody has ever done that to Pedraza. No one saw that coming. No mm. one could have predicted that. Davis just absolutely took him apart. He toyed with him, Adam. He toyed with him. And he's, 20, he's 22 years of age, this kid. He's now the youngest world cha- active world champion at this moment in time. Yeah. So, in, in essence, he's only a baby. He's still got, what, 10, 15 years still left in this game if he wants it. Exactly, and you can you can already see that Mayweather influence in the way he sta- the way he fights as well, the way he moves, the way he drops his hands, the way he sucks guys in. Mm. He is so quick. He's lightning quick, but he's not only is he lightning fast, but he's got heavy, heavy hands as well as he proved at the weekend. And um, you know, if anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a, it's still available now on Sky. Do yourself a favour. Go and watch that performance and go and watch a superstar. I'll tell you right now, this guy's... I've already got him number two in my personal super featherweight rankings. He's that good. Have you got number one? Well... (laughs) Do I really need to ask? You know how it is. You know who I think For, for, for those that don't normally listen to us, and this is the first opportunity that you've had to listen to me and him talking about boxing, um, Nick has a little bit of a love-in with uh, a certain Ukrainian by the name of Vasil Lomachenko, who is the WBO super featherweight champion. Yeah. Um, for those that follow both of us on social media, you will have seen me just abusing him last night when, <laughs> when Nick posts a lovely picture of Lomachenko and Terence Crawford, another fighter that Nick absolutely adores. Yeah. Um, they obviously met each other at the weekend and had a lovely little picture together, and you were a bit jealous that you were left out. You wanted to be <laughs> My, that, it's my it replace the kids as my screen <laughs> <laughs> No, but you are right. What a talented division this is, and obviously Swifty's in that mix because he's, he, he's he's been in the mix at world title level before. Yep. There's talks of him maybe getting Jason Souza, who is the WBA champion, maybe over here in Liverpool. That will be absolutely sensational if we can make that happen. Yep. But what a plethora of talent to be around for Swifty. If Swifty can snag one of those belts, if he can do a job, get a, a world championship belt, i.e. the Jason Souza belt. There's two world level fights there that would make him a boatload of cash because we've we spoke about this on many occasions once you become world champion that's done it's then about securing your family's future making a few quid Lomachenko Javonta Davis I'll put my hand up I would pay big money to come and watch the pair of them in Liverpool you know of course yeah without a shadow of a doubt it, it is it's just such an 
such a rich division. In some ways, you kind of feel for you, you feel for Swifty at the same time that he seems to have, you know, he's broke through into into world class at super featherweight at a time when the super featherweight division is absolutely rocking. You know, the guys with the belts there, Lomachenko, uh, Javante Davis, of course, Francis- Francisco Vargas, wow. who, who fights this upcoming weekend, the Mexican yeah, yeah. You know, WBC champion. Th- these guys are absolutely mustered, top of their end. So in some ways, I feel for Swifty because to become world champ, he's going to have to do it. Boy, is he going to have to do it the hard I, way. I would say, you know, I mean, and this is no disrespect to other weight divisions because there's a lot of talent elsewhere, of course there is. But if you look across all the champions that are in the super featherweight division, there isn't a weak one. No. You've got Lomachenko, you've mentioned Vargas, Jason Souza, we've already seen he can do a business. And obviously the WBA is as corrupt as it comes and therefore they have two champions. Now, I would have gone Jezreel Corrales would have been the weaker champion, but with the way that he took... Uh, I mean, he's just had his rematch, hasn't he, over in uh, in Japan, and he did an unbelievable job there as well. So there's not a weak champion at all no. in this particular division. So if you're a champion in this division, you are you are mustered. So like you've just said, if Swift is going to do it, I think personally it's a, it's a greater achievement than other weight divisions because this is a serious serious talent here. It is, yeah, big time. And you touched on it. Then that was the one I was going to pick out. Actually, Corrales, the WBA champion. You know, he's based out of Panama he comes with everything that every Panama fighter has ever come with and that means he's absolutely tough as nails but he's not afraid to travel You know, he, he has hit the road in recent fights he's had a couple of fights now in Japan uh, I don't think he would be against coming over here but him and Jason Sosa I think they're the ones that I'm hoping Eddie's working towards listen I'm a, I'm a huge Stephen Smith fan I've known him since he was a teenager I love the kid and I believe in him I believe he will become a world champion I don't want to see him fight Lomachenko. And I don't know, after the performance at the weekend, no. I don't want to see him fight Javante Davis. But if either. that's the option on the table, he has to take it. Oh, he'll take Of course he will. Of course he will. Because Stevens, that's what he's all about. That's what the family's all about. They're about fighting for world titles and, and trying the very best to bring him home. But both those guys are very dangerous southpaws. Uh, both those guys, for me, are at the very top of the tree right now. Javante Davis, Lomachenko, we don't need a piece of them. Sosa's the one. I would love to see a rematch with Sosa, certainly on home yeah, turf as well. Absolutely. Because Stephen was, was right in that fight it's just the start wasn't it no absolutely um, we've not even mentioned Orlando Salido who obviously gave us one of the fights of the year with Francisco Vargas yeah. at the start of last year they're talking about them two doing it again you know yeah uh, that doesn't surprise me I know Vargas has got a defence hasn't he this, on the 28th this coming week yeah. after next so uh, if he comes through that I'm sure the uh, the Salido fight will definitely come off because it was such a great fight but I don't think Sosa's matched up at the moment. No. I think Sosa's definitely available. Uh, you know, he's, he's been inactive, obviously, since he fought Stephen, so I would like to see uh, Eddie Hearn work his magic. But, again, it brings us back to the conversation we've just had with Callum. If Callum gets a world title shot, you know, against the likes of Durrell, if Eddie is able to bring it to the UK, and, you know, we, we it does turn out to be potentially a pay-per-view event, they're going to need other fights on the undercard, and... Imagine what you know. Eddie Hearn's all about the big fights, all about making mm. history. Imagine two brothers from the same, same city night. fighting for a world title on the same night. You know, don't get me wrong. Joe Gallagher's probably, you know, feeling sick at the mere yeah. thought <laughs> of having to prep two guys for a world title fight. Absolutely, but yeah. What? Wow, what a night that would be. Slightly easy though for Stephen to prep because he's he's been in with Jason Sos before, so he kind of knows what's coming. If if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's uh, that. That was the good thing about about last year with. Stephen, yes he had two world title fights and yes he came up short on on two occasions but he's been there now 
he's got the t-shirt he knows what it's all about he knows that if he starts quick against Sosa he gives nothing away and I and you know it, it sounds crazy, but the guys tell us all the time, it's like Callum was alluding to, you fight on home turf, you fight in front of your friends, your family, the people that have supported you since you were a kid, since you were first boxing in the ABAs as a junior, the very same people are there on the night watching you fight live. It gives you that edge, doesn't it? It gives you that extra momentum, mm. that extra drive to move forward, to work harder when you're tired, to, to, to walk through body shots, you know, whatever it might be. Home so, home soil definitely gives you that little bit of an edge, and I think that's just what Stephen needs. You know, he just needs that little edge and that little bit of luck as well. You know, the, the Sosa fight, he had no luck at all, did he? Let's be honest. Um, so a rematch in Liverpool, that would be sensational for this year. The Echo Arena's booked, you know, for the second week of April. By boxing? By matchroom. Perfect. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> so I think, in all essence, the Callum Smith thing, I think the reason why it has been booked is because Eddie in his head, he kind of got maybe a word that the WBC would do what they did yesterday and issued a letter, so therefore yeah. Badu Jack has to make a decision whether he's keeping it or not, defending yeah. it against Callum Smith. Then, obviously, there will be a period of negotiation, maybe even purse bids. April is well within the remit of being able to make that happen. Callum Smith's ready. He's ready to go right now to to, yeah. to fight for the WBC Super Middleweight Championship of the World. Um, so And the Gale's out, isn't he? You know, Gale was, yeah. you know, he took a good beat, you know, bit of a beating at the weekend, lost his front teeth and stuff like that. So he's going to need at least six months to recover. And the WBC aren't going to, you know, they've already they won't jump. They, they already asked Callum to step aside to allow the unification fight to happen. So mm. the, they won't penalise Callum further by saying, "Oh, it has got to be the Gale." So you're going to have to wait six months. They'll go, "No, no, we'll keep the belt busy. Callum Smith will fight." You know, hopefully Darrell. And if you know what, if Darrell doesn't want it, doesn't want to travel, right? We'll, we'll take the next guy on the list. Yeah. It doesn't matter because there's only one way that fight's happening anyway. And then that builds up towards a summer blockbuster, perhaps with the Gale, whether it's in Liverpool or London. Or don't forget, George Groves is still in the mix with the Gale yeah. as well. I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Groves the Gale happened this year, and it may even happen before Callum gets his hands on either of them. But you know, at the end of the day. We've said it before, and I'll reiterate it again. Callum Smith cleans house in this division, and then he moves up to light heavy. There you go. For more thoughts um, on, obviously, Callum Smith um, and, obviously, what happened with uh, DeGale and Badu Jack at the weekend, make sure you download our podcast, which will be al- uh, available for you tomorrow morning. We will put all the links on Radio City Talk, so you can have a little bit of a nosy there. We'll have a little bit more of a discussion about Javonta Davis as well. However, this is Radio City Talk. We concentrate everything uh, that is happening in Merseyside when it comes to the world of boxing. And there's one lad that uh, my boy Nick has tipped for big things in 2017. His dad was an Olympian. Now he's coming out of the shadows. It's his coming out fight this weekend. ITV4. Make sure you've got it on at the weekend Mm -hmm. because Robbie Davis Jr. is in action in the super lightweight uh, division. And we're going to be speaking to him next. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Good evening. Hope you're well. It's Adam and Nick, Fight Disciples, every Tuesday night here on Radio City Talk between 6.30 and 7.30, celebrating the personalities uh, behind the Merseyside boxing scene. And let's be honest, right, there's, there's some good fighters elsewhere. Of course, there are away from Merseyside, but nobody's got the personalities of the Merseyside fighters. I am a, a, incredibly looking forward to maybe building up towards March the 4th, Nick, with your old pal, Tony Bellew being in here, we'll do a Tony Bellew special, that in on itself, we could just leave him to it, put the microphones up, we could walk (laughs) out the room and just let him crack on for an hour, no question about it, there's a lot of personality coming out of him, but there's a lot of personality coming out of other boys as well uh, that are doing it in the ring, and one lad that you might not necessarily have heard of as of yet, but you've tipped him for a big 2017 this year, huge, huge. Robbie Davis Jr., Um, 
me and Nick will talk about him in a minute. But earlier on today, I managed to catch up with him ahead of his fight this weekend in Preston. And this is what he had to say. Cheers for your time, mate. Much appreciated, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Uh, not doing much else. <laughs> it's fight week, isn't it, mate? It's feet up this week, yeah. isn't it? Nah, just tapering off. I haven't really got much else to do, so I'm just sitting around the house. Just just finished doing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you normally like on weight? Are you normally bang on, so there's nothing much to do this yeah. week? Yeah, I don't even have to worry about weight. Um, I, <clears throat> every every check weighing, what you have, like, once. Once every week, three weeks out, I'm always under each one. So, so you got to get down Mackie's, mate. Get some meat on. Yeah, need a pan of scouse. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this last eighteen months has been a bit of a mad ride for you, hasn't it? You know what I mean. You were you were out injured for a period of time, led in hospital, getting all uh, all stitched up and what have you. And then eighteen months later, what are you now? Number five in the world. It's been a bit of a crazy one. Six, six with the WBA. So working working upwards. Like, have you been able to take it all in? Because it has been a mad ride. It, it hasn't, I haven't, it's all been like quiet up until like these last two weeks, everything's just like came at once, like I've never really had all media work and things like that, just everything's just all came at once, being a belt away. <laughs> have you, is, has that been on on purpose, through you, your management and all that, have you Have you tried to keep no, it on the download? That was just like waiting for the right opportunity for me, and mm. then now ITV's came along, they've obviously showed interest in me, and then they've put me on the forefront for everything, so... I've had media work, Liverpool FC, I've had all kinds yeah. going on. So And clowns like me from the radio ringing you up to blag you for yeah. it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you find that, mate? Because, like you say, it has been one of them where you've been quietly progressing, doing your work, knocking kids out for fun. The noise hasn't been major, but like you said, this particular fight, this weekend, which everybody's excited about, everybody's got excited about it, started making noises about, and obviously uh, my colleague Nick has tipped you for prospect of the year this year. So everybody seems to be talking about you now, 14 fights in. I don't know, I'm all banging the pressure on me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's been, it's been boss, like, because like, all I've been doing is just obviously going about my way quietly, and then all of a sudden it's just like one phone call led to being top of the bill on ITV, and then all the media works all started, and then ITV in my gym and all stuff like that. I've never had nothing like this, so it's been boss for me. like. No, great, man. Now... Regarding opponent, it was supposed to be uh, Willie Limon. Everybody knows Willie. Obviously, he's, cha- he's, uh, he's had a go at world level before. That would have been a lovely fight for you to get your teeth into. But yeah, um, we, I mean, this isn't even the only fight we've asked for. We've asked for plenty of others. They're like more well-known names, especially in Britain. And their managers either come up with an excuse or they've said they've got, they've got someone else sorted. Mate, the excuse is that you're knocking everybody out, mate. That's what the excuse is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the matchmakers more or less say that so we're not matching them with him. <laughs> why, why would they take that risk, mate? If you if you've got power in both fists and you're knocking people out, I think, what are you on at the moment? Eight on the spin? Is that what it is? Eight or nine on the spin or something like that? I think one's gone the distance in the last ten or something. So, mate, I'm not putting it. If I've got a fight, I ain't putting him in with you, am I? I know, but it's so you... bad for me, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get the fights to show people, and I can't get them. So yeah, fair enough. But Willie Lemon's pulling out like we were gutted over that because everyone knew him, and they, yeah. whether he's had his best or he's not, people knew what he was capable of off his last few fights. Mm. So if I would have done a number on him, people could like at least gauge how good I am from that fight. But now I've got to fight like another unknown. Well, boxing people know who he is because he's beat a few good lads, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to the general public, it's hard again. So I've just got to make sure, stay professional, and put a performance on. Zoltan Zabdo. Uh, a lot of people will know him, obviously, from Stephen Orman knockout. 
Um, yeah, that's for me. I think it was on the Billy Joe Saunders undercard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a few people were probably watching that one. So, like you said, the boxing heads watching that at the weekend, you do a number on him early doors, mate. People are going, hey, but mate, that excitement level is going to keep rising. Yeah, no, you'll put on even more pressure. Sorry, lad. By saying <laughs> <early>. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You've just got to look good. And that's the thing, isn't it? You've got to look good every time you go out. Yeah, nah, that's it. Just, I just go out and do my best, and hopefully that's enough. It's an exciting division, mate, isn't it? Super lightweight, especially British. Really exciting. Obviously, we've got a world champion, Ricky. But then you've got Tyrell Nurse, you've got uh, Jack Catterall, another local boy. Josh Taylor looks good at this weight. You know what I mean? It's an exciting um, weight division to be involved with. Yeah, it's a good weight. No one seems to want to fight each other, though. Like, Tyrell Nurse has had about three mandates, and no yeah. one's wanted to fight him. You know what I mean? Mm. So, just one of them divisions. Everyone's with different networks, different managers, and everyone's going down different routes. Like I was the only one without any TV network, so I was up for fighting anyone. Yeah. There was no excuse to say, oh, we can't fight him, he's on a different network. Only now I've got one. But even before that, I was trying to get these all these fights and couldn't get them, so it makes no difference to us, really, and my team. Do you find it frustrating, all that politics? Eh, it doesn't bother me, because if they don't fight me or not, I'll just keep plodding along and I'll keep going on until either someone has to fight me or I'll just go past them. Fair point, man. Listen, how's your dad taking all this? Because people who are a little bit older listening to our show will be familiar with your dad's previous work in the Olympic Games and what yeah. have you. <laughs> so, you know, how's he taking it all? He's, he's young boy doing his thing. Yeah, he's buzzing. The other day he walked down with the Daily Star like a trophy because I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you, were, you, you had a big spread, mate. You were all yeah. you were smashed you, all over the gaff, weren't you? You couldn't you couldn't let on to me dad without some showing it to you. Hey, look at that, Robbie. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> so it was good luck. How, how, how's he taking to it? Because obviously he did well. Very, very well, mate. To be uh, to represent yeah. us in the Olympic Games, yeah, he's obviously got to a decent yeah. level, hasn't he? So you know what I mean. So he, mu- he must be. Is he in your ear? Does he take a step back? How does he work it with you? Oh no, he's never in my ear or nothing like that. He's just um, he's never been like that. He's just always lets me coaches do the thing, and obviously he's fully supportive in that. But he just makes sure he's at all the fights. But it's like his new lease of life watching me again. <laughs> Mate, I bet it is, mate. Very proud moment. Especially this weekend when you're topping the bill. On ITV as well, you know? ITV4 this weekend, people will be get, uh, able to uh, see you yeah, do your thing. Honestly, God, though, I could be topping the bill on a 100-seat dinner show, and he's, he's still proud as punch, you know, at the end of the fight still. Mega, man. Is he, is he as proud as punch as you're uh, at your lip syncing? Is he a big fan of that? Oh, I haven't even chosen that. Mate, you need to get it on. Maybe that's the next thing. Do you know, like, uh, there's a lot of crossover stars now, isn't there? I mean, when Frotchy finished what he was doing, he went into Dancing with the Stars and Dancing on Ice and all this type of stuff. Maybe you could get yourself into X Factor or something like that. that I need to get on that one with LQJ. Mate, lip sync battle, man. Lip sync battle's the trip. For those that haven't seen it, you need to get on Robbie's Instagram and have a little bit of a nosy. Oh. He loves a bit of this. He loves he loves a bit of Go West as Rob, you know what I mean? He's in there. You'll see me in a different life. Mate, where did the idea for that come from? Was it just a spur of the moment, taking the mic type vibe? No, no, I'm always doing that stuff like that, just not on my social media. Why that tune? I don't know, I always listen to our tunes, but... Everyone, because of that, now I'm getting There it, it is, lad. There it is. We've got it on for you now. So look at that. A little bit of that, eh? Uh, is that, uh, <laughs> You're getting your vibe on now, aren't you, boy? You're having a bit of a skate around your kitchen. Your shoulders just popping. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this has got to be your walkout tune now, man. You can't, you can't go back. That's what everyone's egging it on now for. Everyone's saying, it's got to be your walkout tune, so it might do. Mate, you've got to come out. Forget, forget like, your, uh, your boxing kit. You've got to come out in the old uh, bathrobe. You've got to get the headphones on. What yeah. were you using as the microphone? Like a, a broom handle or something like that? You've got to get that going on, haven't you? Well, I, can't, I can't even remember what I had in my hand, you know. 
<laughs> Mate, that's what we all want, though, isn't it? We want the show. This is theatre at the end of the day. You're going in there, you're doing it, it's the Hurt game, but there's got to be a little bit of theatre. Everybody fell in, pr- in love Everybody with Prince Naz, didn't they? Everybody fell in love with Naz with Magic Carpet. Yeah. Get in there, lad. Get a little bit of uh, lip syncing going on uh, this weekend. I start lip syncing. If the camera goes on me, is it close enough for the guys I'm walking in? Take a look at my mouth. I might be singing along. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the plan for 2017? Because have you just mentioned there? Traditionally, yeah. up until this point, you've not been tied to any promoter, major promoters. You've not been tied to any TV channels or anything like that. So, what's your plan going forward? Yeah. I don't know really. Probably, I just take each fight as it comes to me. I never really look to the future too much because mm. with boxing, anything can change in six months' time. Well, this, this weekend, this weekend, Poxon is um, is promoting the fight, and they've obviously done the deal with ITV, of which yeah. we'll then we'll see Chris Eubank Jr. the the month after, week after, even uh, yeah, two well, weeks after, isn't it? Doing doing his thing. If my show goes well and his show goes well, and then more people start taking to the ITV and things like that, yeah. Then obviously, I'll probably look for another shorter name where everyone knows and get another fight. Mm. Then I'll have. Then it'll probably be around after summertime. If I get like another good two, three wins in before the end of the year, I'm number six now with the WBA. I could be knocking on the door for a man to see by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously so, the current WBA champion is uh, Ricky Burns, mate. That'd be uh, that'd be tasty, won't it? Yeah, if he hasn't cashed himself in by then. Well, I think he has. He's, he's just cashed in with uh, Ndongo, hasn't he? The uh, IBF champion. They're going to be fighting, yeah, I think, in not, April. He's not, but he's not very good, really. He, he just won with a one-punch fluky knockout, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you like, if you fight someone like Broner, I don't think he'll win. And then Broner will be the champion, which is a lot harder fight than Mickey Burns. Bring Broner to Liverpool, man. Bring Broner <laughs> to Liverpool. That's what it is, isn't it? Let's get him over here, man. Let's. See. I mean, he's Bring a fla- he's a fla- he's flashy, isn't he? Broner's flashy. You could out sing him easy, mate, and out dance him and all sorts of stuff. I'm a dance off in the after party with him. <laughs> but those, those I mean alright we're spitballing and we're having a little bit of a laugh about it but like you've just said your world ranking there at this moment in time by the end of this year you could be in a mandatory situation where you're challenging for a world title at the start of 2018 yeah I don't I don't, I don't like to look that far me. I always like to keep my feet on the floor because like I said before anything can change in boxing so mm. don't really want to start saying oh, I want this and I want that because obviously in boxing it's a long way heavy fights You've got to make sure you go, you win it, and win clear, win good. Make sure the fans like it. Mm. For those that haven't seen you fight before, that will be obviously listening to our conversation, thinking I'll tune in this weekend to ITV Four and have a little bit of nosy at this kid, see what he's all about. One thing that I will say, and you might correct me on this, one thing that I will say is that you're willing to take a shot in order to dish a shot out. It's exciting when you're in the ring, mate. You know what I mean? Is that because yeah. you you've got an incredible amount of confidence in the power that you possess? Yeah, no, just. The way, way I used to fight as an amateur was all battle fighting, but as a professional, you're always like, you can use your strength more and tire people out with fitness and things like that. And obviously, I've proven that it's hard, so I'm always willing to give one to take one. And I look at like if they haven't really been knocking out kids, you I know how they're knocked out. Yeah. I have think if they're not knocking them out, they're not knocking me out. <laughs> so I go in there and try and get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Always looks good as well when it's coming from a southpaw stance, I find. You're not fine? Yeah, well, I'm always switching about, aren't I, through the fight, so I'm not even a southpaw. Do whatever you want, mate. Either fist, yeah. doesn't matter. Robbie, listen, mate, I appreciate your time tonight, mate. Um, I know it's fight week, so you don't need all these distractions, so you've got to have a bit of a rest, go and have a little bit of a chill out, have a dance around your kitchen or whatever you're up to, mate. I'm going to... Finish off the dishes now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you in action at the weekend, mate. Best of luck, pal. All right, I appreciate that anyway. Thanks for the call. The brilliant Robbie Davis Jr. speaking to me a little bit earlier on 
um, in preparation of doing the dishes, Nick. You know what I mean? That's the preparation that you want uh, for a big coming out fight at the weekend, don't you? Obviously, you've tipped him for... Uh, he, he was your prospect for 2017. You're saying that he's going to have a big year this year. And as he's mentioned mm-hmm. there, he is world-ranked. He could be in a mandatory situation if all goes to plan by the end of the year. Why did you pick him? Um, pure talent, to be honest with you. I've seen him box a couple of times now. I knew, obviously, knew him. We're coming through the amateurs. You know, anyone that's just heard that interview then knows that he, he comes from good stock, from good family. He reminds me so much of his dad. Just such a gentleman, and his dad's exactly the same way. You know, an absolute gentleman and a, a credit to the game. So, but the, the thing with the thing with Robbie is because he didn't have this extensive amateur career, uh, this extensive international career as an amateur, he kind of turned pro and went under the radar a little bit. You know, a lot of the big promoters, a lot of the, uh, the big managers, if you like, he kind of went under their radar. No one really took much notice of him, and it's only really the last 12, 18 months mm. that people have started to realise what this kid's all about. But Listen, Liverpool knew what this kid was about. We knew this kid was going to be a little bit special. You know, and his record speaks for himself. He's 14-0 and now with 10 knockouts. But he's done it all on the QT. You know, even a lot of Liverpool fight fans haven't, don't even know who he is. You know, he's, he's, he's been a small hall fighter, if you like, an yeah. undercard-style fighter for 14 fights. But now he's going to get the exposure that he deserves. And, you know, it's, it's kind of nice that it's on ITV. And it's it, it, ITV are returning this weekend with a scouser at the top the top of the bill kind of thing because you know it, it was ITV 10 15 years ago yeah. that had Jimmy Neary had Shane Neary as the, as the flag bearer of their whole boxing scene as well so it's quite poetic and quite nice I'm just glad it's being afforded, afforded to somebody like Robbie that's done it the hard way he's done it on bills where there hasn't been a, a room full of people he's done it on cards where he's headlined and it's been more like a dinner show and things like that he hasn't necessarily had the attention of Sky and all the razzmatazz that goes with it you know but uh, he's done it he's done his own he's been able the, the other positive is he's been able to mature as a pro yeah. be uh, out of the spotlight he's been able to really find himself and really make those adjustments as he says he was a lot more of a, a counter puncher as an amateur but being able to do it on these small shows on these early undercards means that he's, a, he's really been able to find himself as a fighter and really mm. find his power and, it, and you know 10 knockouts in 14 straight wins says it all and nine of them coming in I think the last nine fights therefore it did like you just said it took him a little bit of time just to settle in just to see what it's all about and then boom he's away now he's this kid um and he seems to be taking... I know that it's all come quite quickly over the last couple of weeks with it being on ITV, the limelight aspect of professional boxing. But he seems quite a grounded kid, really yeah. nice kid, taking it all in his stride. And that's important as well, isn't it? Because some can get startled by the headlights. Exactly, you know. And it, it, plus, don't forget as well, you know, his dad was such an incredible amateur boxer you know in, in in the 70s Robbie Davis listen no one wanted to fight Robbie Davis in the 70s in the amateur ranks he was the hardest hitting amateur out there you know he, he was genuinely absolutely very special you know 77 <laughs> 70 around that period Robbie Davis was a monster and Liverpool celebrated him and we loved him for it so for Robbie Jr. to come into boxing there's always going to be that pressure there's always going to be that expectation as I say and it, it, it's great that he's been I able think that, to swerve I, that I think that's slightly. external isn't it I think it's external it I don't think it's coming as he just mentioned there. it's not coming from his dad or anything 100% no exactly you know I, obviously I've spoke to Robbie previously and he was never forced into boxing his dad mm. never pushed him into a boxing ring he just kind of fell into it himself you know it's in him it, it, it's in him it was in his dad and it's in him it's, it's a genetic thing and um, you know I just think that right now 
the timing's right. You know, I, I liked what he said there as well about super light. You know, the super lightweight division, and obviously there's opportunities at super lightweight. But he, he he mentioned there, Adam, that he has no issue whatsoever making weight. He's on weight. He's always under weight, yeah. mm. which makes me think that potentially he could do something at lightweight as well. Maybe. If an opportunity came up at lightweight, then he's available. To, you know, I'm sure he could probably get down to lightweight and, and take that opportunity as well, which is fantastic. You know, the the more. The more opportunities you can get out of this game, the quicker you can get to the top, the quicker you can get a title belt around your waist, and the quicker you can make some serious money and get out, you know, and, and still be as pretty as you were when you get in. That's what boxing's mm-hmm. all about. That's what it's all about. Uh, we've mentioned a couple of occasions about uh, broadcasting of boxing, and obviously for the last few years, Sky have kind of had that tied up, mm-hmm. and therefore if you're not a matchroom fighter, if you're not a Sky fighter, therefore the publicity isn't necessarily coming your way. Um, hence Frank Warren setting up Box Nation but now he's done a deal with BT Sport we've mentioned that on our podcast that that can only be fantastic for um, the uh, dilution of the monopoly I suppose of fighters opting to go with Sky rather than any other promoter and now ITV are wanting to get in on it now okay there'll be fight fans listening to this thinking yeah but ITV they're doing this pay-per-view thing with Eubank Jr and okay there's a little bit of negativity around that but just ITV being in the mix and this weekend being a free-to-air what we would class as old school terrestrial television boxing. Yeah. This is a good, good thing because as we had Pricey on last week, Pricey was alluding to the fact him being on the undercard of Chris Eubank Jr. That is on free to air TV on ITV4. ITV being back in the mix is a great thing. It's fantastic, of course it is. You know, competi- we need competition. We need ITV back involved. We want the BBC involved. We want as many stations covering boxing as we possibly can. So we embrace ITV. Yeah, you know, but. The, the whole Eubank pay-per-view thing's a bit of a farce. We know that, but, you know, the fact that David Price is coming up on that bill and he's fighting on ITV4 as well. This fight this weekend is on ITV4, all free view stuff. So we embrace it, you know, and I just hope that Robbie, Robbie's ready to embrace it as well. You know, this is a guy that hasn't fought much on TV, if at all, before. You mm. know, certainly his last couple of fights weren't on TV, so... He's got to he's got to get over that as well. He's got to get over the fact that he's going to turn up on the night. There's going to be cameras everywhere, and they're all going to be pointed at him. He's top of the bill. He's the main event. This is what it's all about, you know. And he's got to handle it right, and he's got to he's got to grow into it. And it's I think it's this weekend in particular, out of the 14 previous fights that he's had, it's this weekend when he'll know himself how far he can actually go. But ability-wise, confidence-wise, you could hear then kids super confidence. You know, he's talking about world title ambitions, which is fantastic. But you've got to do it in front of the cameras. You've got to be able to be mm. natural and you've got to be able to control your nerves because it's a different type of nerves when the cameras are there because in the back of your mind you're thinking, how many people are watching? Is it going out there? You know, am I going to say the right thing? You know, I've got to, I've got to do the right thing. When the cameras aren't there, you can just kind of go into your own little shell, do your pads backstage, get out there, do a number and get, and get out of there. But when the cameras are there, it's slightly different. It's all orchestrated. Everything's got to hit timings, hasn't it? And there's, yeah. there's all hold-ups and Wait-ins, things like that. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Waiting round and things, so it's a, it's a, it's a big opportunity for Robbie this weekend, but it's also a big moment for him to prove to us all, and I, and I 100% believe he's going to do it. But this is his opportunity to go. Yeah, this is what it's all about. This is my future now. Every fight's going to be live on TV. Every fight's going to be a title fight. Every fight, the expectations and the aspirations are going to get slightly higher. But I'm ready for it, and I'm ready to do it. And if you're watching him on the TV at the weekend, please watch his ring walk, because if he doesn't lip-sync, we'll have him back on the show next week, <laughs> yeah, and we'll be knows. having a word with him. We'll be having a word. 
Uh, sensational. Really enjoyed chatting to uh, Robbie Davis Jr. earlier on, as we did with uh, Callum Smith, who was on right at the start of the show. If you've only just tuned in, this is a new thing. Tuesday nights on Radio City Talk, 6.30 through till 7.30. Fight Disciples on your radio. It's a specific Merseyside boxing show, of which will be available for podcast as well. We'll put the links on at Radio City Talk and at Fight Disciples on Twitter. So if you fo- uh, follow those on social media, do go and check them out. And there's also free uh, podcasts throughout the course of the week on general boxing and UFC chat. Uh, next week, you'll be pleased to know um, that Mr McGuigan uh, will be joining us for a little bit of a chat ahead of uh, the Carl Frampton bout. Again, a fighter who, for us, was probably the boxer of 2016. Yep. 2017's looking big already for him with Leo Santa Cruz standing in his way uh, in uh, in Las Vegas this time. Sensational stuff. Uh, looked like they're having a good time out in Las Vegas, does Barry McGuigan. He doesn't have to do the fighting so he can get stuck straight in, but he's going to be on the show <laughs> next week uh, talking about Carl and obviously... Uh, Josh Taylor who we've just mentioned there in uh, Robbie Davis Jr's uh, weight category that'll be good to have a little bit of a chat with him so come and join us 6.30 next Tuesday night thank you very much for your attention thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes